welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined as always by the beat reporters Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. And since last we spoke to this audience, we've gone into full panic mode. JT, what the hell's wrong with this team? <laughs> it's a reason why, and I'm sure not many Blues fans, none probably share their sentiment, but it's a reason why I love hockey. How, how, how is this possible? A week ago, everything was wonderful. One week later, 10 days later, let's say, everything is awful. I mean, it's how, how is this possible? How does this happen? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. But every story I wrote about how good things were going at the start of the trip, <laughs> like I wrote about how Wild Buchnevich is playing, he hasn't done anything since the, since the Rangers game. It's like that, that game just, just uh, blew his mind or something. Wrote about Falk, how, how, how he's plus 35. He's had like three minus games since then, although he was plus one last night. Wrote about the penalty kill and how it was uh, potentially on a record pace, franchise record pace, and uh, they've fallen off. Everything's fallen off. <laughs> and so uh, uh, power play. Uh, I guess the, the goaltending has been okay, but certainly not stellar. And uh, so here we are losing to a bunch of uh, teams that are at the bottom of the standings and, and losing poorly. It's what, since that end of the second period in Madison square garden, the blues have been outscored 12 to four. So I don't know what to tell you. I, I hand over the floor to Tom Timmerman. Maybe he can explain. Yeah. I, it, that was, Things things do fall apart quickly, and I guess they can revive themselves quickly. The challenge for the Blues is going to be this was a bunch of, of the easy teams that they just got through, and now they're going to see an upgrade in in opposition. Uh, you know, starting with the Rangers coming up again. So uh, we'll see if that uh, inspires them uh, somehow to get on their game. But uh, uh, yeah, there's just been let's say something missing, almost everything missing. Uh, from uh, this team over the past week it uh, you know whether it's complacency whether it's just the you know biorhythms and cyclical everybody's down at the same time something's something has happened but uh, as quickly as it, it can happen it can just as quickly change back so um, we, you know it's a trend but NHL trends are fleeting it seems well JT you can address this because you had to experience it your, yourself it's the old uh Geez, we played uh, eight out of nine on the road. We just had to stop over at home. We've been we've been a little punchy from all that travel. Then our, our first game back at home, uh, we're groggy. Now, I don't know if you you blame the wife. Do you blame the pets? If they've got kids involved, do you blame the kids? Do you just uh, do you just uh, you sigh when you get home and, and get in the Barca lounger and, and lose your edge? I, it is an old hockey axiom, JT, that when you come off yeah. of a, a really rough road stretch, that you're when you're back at home, you're just kind of like, yeah, eh, maybe a little groggy. Was JT groggy when he came home? Uh, not really. I mean, it's not like I was on the road uh, shoveling coal or something, you know. So uh, just writing words, and uh, my gosh, as as uh, I mentioned on the last net front. I was in the same hotel for like six days as were the blues. Not, we weren't in the same hotel, but each party was in the same hotel. So I was just looking out at the statue of Liberty every day, walking to the rink and uh, yeah, but I'm sure fatigue was, especially when you couple in the Canada trip. So they were on the road for 18 out of 21 days, if you count the travel days, but my goodness, uh, Ottawa comes in last night, loses a five in a row. This was their fifth, 
their fifth game in nine days for the Senators, and they didn't look tuckered out. They they looked pretty springy. So, uh, 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 and and uh, you know they haven't been exactly playing a who's who of goalies. They've been playing a really a bunch of uh, uh, of unknowns. I mean Anton Forsberg. I mean he's he's kept Ottawa in most games, but uh, uh, you know I, I I don't think anyone's going to mistake him for Mike Liute. They lost to Nico Dawes and. Uh, now Shesterkin is, uh, is another, uh, it's another story. I was really impressed with him, even though he gave up the three goals, uh, in the, uh, Rangers game. So that's who they have to snap out of this slump against. And, uh, uh, like Tom, uh, mentioned, uh, their, the schedule, really the degree of difficulty really picks up. I mean, in these next four games, they, they, they're at Nashville and, and it's an afternoon game. Look out, hide your eyes, uh, uh, they have Winnipeg, who is a 500 team, probably not going to make the playoffs, but they they always seem to give the the Blues uh, trouble, and they 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 still have some high end talent. And then I I think they play uh, Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. good luck, boys. And hey, don't look now, but there's a bunch of teams that are creeping up on you from behind in the standings. Yeah, and uh, for what I say, yeah, I mean there there are road trips, there are long road trips that are hard road trips where you go from. Calgary to Edmonton to Vancouver, or you, you know, you go through for these, this was, they were in one hotel in Manhattan for, for a week. So uh, less grueling than maybe any other road trip they'll make. But, you know, this is a tricky time because these tough games coming up and the trade deadline is coming up and it's now like in the, you know, you can see it. It's not off on the horizon anymore. And Doug Armstrong is going to make decisions soon as to, do I need to beef up this team? Do I stand pat? Do I sell? I mean, it's, you know, these games are going to determine what's going to happen here. Well, the chief did make some moves and, and he and Armstrong shuffled the deck a bit ahead of the uh, game against the senators. It didn't really help, but uh, some disappointment with my guy, Clem Costin, uh, his seeing his minutes diminish to almost nil. Uh, Dakota Joshua, another one of my favorites, uh, fails to, uh, to run over enough people to keep the chief's attention. So, uh, up come, um, old friend, Mac Mac back in the NHL and, uh, Torbchenko, who made the point of making a crushing, uh, hit in the middle of the ice to, to get the chief's attention. So, you know, you, you shuffle the fourth line, you bring in a couple guys that are going to try to bang around and get the coach's attention. That's great. But, uh, but JT, what about the other three lines? I mean, right now it's like all of a sudden everybody's gone flat. Yeah, it's it's a strange how that's happened. It's like they've like forgotten how to pass and shoot and uh, uh, find open ice. I mean, how many passes last night did we see hitting a player in the skates? I mean, that's not really how it's supposed to uh, how it's supposed to work. And uh, I, I just found it strange, like O'Reilly was, and this is after the New Jersey game, and the, the captain, Ryan O'Reilly, was talking about how confident uh, New Jersey uh, looked and how they just kept coming at the Blues and Waves. And I'm thinking, now, wait, 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 Ryan, you're, you're talking about a team that was 19 wins, 31 losses, five overtime games, five ties, if you will, when you play. You're talking about a team that's given up four goals a game, four one, two, three, four, since February 1st. And you're not confident and they're confident. I mean, how, how is that possible? So uh, it, it defies, uh, it defies description to me, you know I mean? And maybe it's a little bit of everything. 
they're a little bit tired. Uh, I again, I, I think they put a lot, especially Buchnevich, uh, put and and maybe the Russians put a lot into the game in in New York, and it was a, a Rangers game, and, and it was a big disappointment. And and you factor in, you're going to have lulls here and there, but uh, uh, they 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 should be squashing these teams more more often than they're 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 losing to them. So uh, yeah, and and somehow they've got to kind of rediscover how to, how to score goals. I, I thought this, this team was pretty much slump proof uh, in terms of offense, just because of all the people they have, but there's, there's nobody Shen's cooled off. Uh, I guess Peron's the only guy that you could say that has perked up. The Russians have, have, have uh, uh, cooled off uh, Thomas. And, uh, you know, I guess Cairo has been doing, doing okay, but uh, he was pretty invisible last night. So uh you know, maybe suddenly the light switch will come on, but uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty disturbing. I mean, there's, there's no way to uh, uh, sugarcoat that. Yeah. You, you talk about, you know, Cairo not being visible last night. There almost it seemed like almost everybody was visible. I come away from that game recalling Braden Chen missing a bunch of, you know, shots that, you know, couldn't quite deflect in at the net and Tarasenko's in the, you know, shot from in front. And, and that tremendous play by O'Reilly to, to create the Perron goal. But other than that, it's like, you know, yeah, who do you, who do you remember? Um, you know, Torovchenko made his mark with that hit. And it was, uh, you know, one of the things that Barubi didn't like about Costin was he was taking, you know, committing bad penalties. Costin or Torovchenko goes out there, makes a hit and draws a penalty. The, the, gets a, they got a power play because of um, his hit on that one. So, uh, yeah, I can't say that there was a whole lot after that, but um, it was as though Alexi got the memo of like what what I need to do uh, here in the NHL that he went out and did it, you know, 15 seconds into his first shift. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's pretty simple when he, when he gets the call, whether he was told on his way out the door from Springfield and when he arrived in St. Louis, you know, you gotta, I'll give you one thing to do here. You know, you're, you're pretty good at running into people. And also throw the puck at the net too, which he did. I mean, from, mm -hmm. from distance, but you know, get it deep and run over people and any questions, because this is it. Again, you're listening to two things to do here, run over people and then keep the puck going in one direction only at all costs. Mm -hmm. And, and make sure that, it, you know, if you shoot, get it on goal. If you throw it in deep, get it all the way in. It's not complicated. And at least for the next few games, you would think that he and McKenzie McEachern, We'll be able to give them a, at least try to set some kind of a tempo that might carry over to other to the other groups, JT. Yeah, yeah, it's a great opportunity for uh, for those guys. Uh, do, do you, I guess it's a good thing you didn't get your costume jersey, right? You didn't order it. Uh, I may have missed my chance with the trade deadline coming. Maybe, maybe too late. <laughs> but he's a, he's a guy. Costin's a guy that frustrates uh, the chief because he never knows what he's going to get from night to night. There occasionally. Clint will get the message. You are a power forward. You are a power forward and play like one, but just not simply uh, enough. And Joshua, I mean, sometimes you're like, wow, uh, he does exactly what you want a fourth liner. But then a lot of times he just, he just like invisible himself. I, I believe chief phrase was he, he didn't move the needle enough. So uh, Torpchenko moved the needle with that one hit that may, may have rearranged some teeth uh, uh, a, 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 as well in, in the Ottawa uh, player, but, yeah, Torpchenko is 6'6". He's, he's like 220, 225. He skates pretty well. And, you know, in his five games before, I, I added up his hits. He had 13 hits in like 47 minutes of ice time. So, uh, 
he was uh, he he was definitely a uh, projectile uh, in in those games, and I I I I think we know what McEachern can can do, and uh, Baruby said the other day that he thinks he's a better player than when he went down. I mean, it really looked like the parade had passed uh, Mackenzie McEachern uh, by, but so now he should be tremendously motivated. And we'll we'll see what they can do. I I the fourth line is is just an and and maybe it's an unrealistic expectation. We we look back nostalgically to the uh, the uh, uh, Barbashev Sunquest Steen line and and how effective they were during the Cup run. And uh, the Blues just have had nothing uh, nothing close to that. Then they go they're on the ice for both the regulation goals uh, in the. Uh, New Jersey game. And maybe finally chief said, let's, let's look at something else. You know, I think there's a case to be made that going back to a fourth line of Sunquist and Barbashev and somebody else, and then inserting someone into Barbashev spot in the top nine is a, something to be considered for this team. Now as to who, who would be that other of the top nine is to Logan Brown come in. He certainly hasn't dazzled or is that something that they look for? Um, but is that something going forward to kind of give that fourth line where Cloud Barbashev scored goals, but I, I just am not completely sold that he's, that's where, that he's going to be a big goal scorer going forward. I think this year is a bit of an anomaly for him, um, but we'll, we'll see about that. Um, you know, McEachern's, he's, it's a contract year for him. He's a UFA. Uh, he's got to make a mark. And you wonder, you talked about, you know, is costing a, a, a trade chip, because if Toropchenko is a younger Klim Kostin and a bigger Klim Kostin, is that is he the guy? You know, would they rather have him there? And Kostin is someone as a chip that they can use here at the trade deadline. You know, complicating all this is the fact that, and we've talked about this before, the the road back for your boy Sonny, uh, JT, has not been easy. Man, multiple injuries, multiple serious injuries, and, and right now he just uh, just does not just does not have the wheels going he needs to he needs to get his legs back to be uh the effective player that we remember you know from the cup run yeah yeah no, no doubt and it, it seemed all along that with two hip surgeries and then the knee surgery that maybe he wouldn't be back until next season I mean he had no off-season training I mean he was just re- surgeries and then rehabbing the uh, injuries and the the latest thing is is the knee and uh, they, they were afraid uh, maybe there was a tear of uh, ligament or cartilage in there. And they took an MRI and that was fine and, and uh, determined it was a bone bruise, but also scar tissue. And scar tissue can, uh, uh, it's a common thing uh, after knee surgeries, and it, but it can be problematical. And so now, uh, you know, uh, uh, Barubi said, to the chief said that they, they, just, uh, they just have to manage it. And so I think what that means is down the stretch, uh, he's not going to be, especially with his condensed schedule, he, he's just not going to be able to play every game. And, 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 and that's a shame because he's such a, such a valuable piece. And there were times when it looked like he was, he was starting to get going and then, then he'd have another setback. So uh, yeah, just a tough year from Oscar and who knows how much we're going to see from him down the stretch again. Uh, even if he suddenly feels better, he, he's, we're not, he's not going to be an everyday player down the stretch. That's for sure. Yeah, and if, and, if, and if he's not there, then maybe there's less reason to put Barbashev there. But if, if you're looking at a, at a fourth line of 
you know, Bozak, McEachern, and Toropchenko, or, you know, Kostin's going to be back at some point, I would think, um, unless Toropchenko shows tremendously well. Um, you know, but the, but the Blues also right now, they got to address the top the top three lines. And, you know, the, there's only so many, comb- well, I guess I shouldn't say there's only so many combinations. There's almost an infinite number of combinations when you got nine guys. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of them there, not infinite, but there's a lot of them. And they haven't explored all of them, but um, the ones you would think have been used, um, you know, of lately have not been producing. Well, thinking back on my guy, Clem, he's sort of a classic case. You know, these guys, big, big forwards take time to develop. He's got a, enough offensive skill with his good shot and a, and a pretty decent feel for the game and, and okay wheels to, um, to at least in his mind, envision himself playing someplace in the, in the top nine and having an opportunity to uh, to play a more of an offensive role, but he doesn't, the game doesn't process the game and play the game at a, at a consistently quick enough pace to earn that spot. He's right. He's, he's got the tools, but like a lot of big guys um, he's having, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, he's trying to get to that point is, is, is the hard part. So, you know, he's one of those bubble guys, you know, and maybe a poor man, Zach Sanford uh, type of a guy. Uh, it's just JT, especially with big wingers with some ability um, mm. who fancy themselves to be, uh, to, to be able to play up with those guys. It's tough to be a really good fourth liner because you, you're thinking I could make a play here when the chief's saying, get it deep. <laughs> no, you make an interesting point though uh, about, uh, Costin's instincts. Maybe he just doesn't have the instincts uh, uh, in terms of the awareness of what, you know, what's going on the ice and what he he needs to do. Maybe it's just because he's still relatively new to the game, but yeah, he's a guy and they all, they all score a lot and juniors and, and, and whatnot. And, but, and he wants to be dry sidle and, uh, and, uh, or, and dangle and dazzle and all this stuff. And, and chief, you're a power forward, you're a power forward. And I think the, I think Barubi has been very effective at telling these, these players that aren't the, maybe the surefire stars or, or right away starters. This is your path to the NHL. This is how you're going to establish a foothold in the league and make a nice career for yourself. And it just seems like Costin hasn't fully embraced that right now. Yeah, and they'll, he's another guy that they're going to have to make decisions uh, on soon. And they, they, you know, they have kind of used this season, among everything else, to gather information on how does Costin fit in. And you know, he's, you know, he's he's been up and down in previous years. Last year in the KHL, um, you know, you you wonder there was always that threat with Costin. Could he go back to the KHL? You wonder if current world events if that's a less likely, you know, option for him uh, to consider. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, some reason there, I was thinking about Nail Yakupov. Uh, uh, <laughs> brings out a wince there from uh, from Jeff. Uh, uh, me and about uh, six general managers, I think. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, or even like Dmitry Yashkin, who uh, you know he 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 flashed that he could be a top nine guy, and then you know it didn't work. He got multiple chances, goes to Russia, scores a bunch of goals, comes back to the NHL. No. Still can't. Still no. <laughs> Getting paid in Arizona, but you you still can't get it done. So yeah, it's just that fine line, right? And it, it's we see that a lot with big guys. And it's just man, the game is so quick to be able to process it and make the plays and and to convert. And 
man, you just either either you do or you don't. So um, on to the goaltending. Now, I think at this point, neither guy has uh, separated from the pack. I mean, I think uh, Billy Huso's played okay, and, and Bennington certainly played okay, and at times a little better than okay against some lesser teams. But now they're both kind of sitting there giving the, uh, the chief a decision to make. Um, the one thing that struck me, and it maybe hit you guys as well in that game, not that it's his fault that they didn't beat the uh, Senators, but, well, he slides over to face the one-time shot, Bennington, uh, from the, the right dot. He squared up, but, you know, where Huso squares up and he, he projects sturdiness, you know, I mean, Jordan kind of had this, um, I don't know, it just the way his body language was more like he was scrunching. And uh, the puck goes through. And it's sort of, I wouldn't say the chief took a shot at him, but the reality is the puck just went through him. So I, you know, better for Jordan Bennington, JT, but when I, he needs to project size and sturdiness when he, when he assumes his position, get out a little higher, get a little, get out a little more and, and take away those shots. I mean, he's scrambling around making saves, but man, that bleeder, that's, um, it gives the Chiefs something to think about. Yeah, what's the old saying? Uh, goalies have to get big in those situations. And um, and maybe Jordan is such a slight uh, uh, physique. I mean, I think he's still like only like 165, 170. Maybe, maybe he needs to get on the sports writer's diet and pack on some pounds or something. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, – it wasn't really a shot from Chief, but subliminally you, you got what he was getting at with that, uh, with that goal. You just – you just – you just – have to uh you have to stop that so yeah right now uh the goalies are okay maybe they're a c plus maybe they're a b minus but uh i don't think you want c plus or b minus in the uh in the playoffs who so certainly has leveled off Uh, we don't see that hot streak where he was just kind of brushing everything off you know now you're not you're not scoring on this one uh but uh he hasn't i wouldn't even say he's in a slump right now i mean he's he's still been uh He's still been consistent, and I, I thought he deserved a, a lot better against uh, uh, New Jersey. He made some 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 really good saves, but uh, yeah, it's it, it it I the way I see it right now is that they're especially with the uh, with all these uh, back to backs and the condensed schedule down the stretch. They'll probably just rotate him until somebody uh, grabs it and goes forward. And I'm sure for there's a lot of reasons why they'd like it to be Bennington, but uh, they can't worry about how much uh, the player's making or what his contract status is now if, if they want to make a, any kind of playoff run. And Well, I guess first they should make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, the teams are creeping up behind them. Yeah. Tell you what. Yeah, I mean, it looked like they had created some separation there and then second place, okay, it was, you know, but yeah, all of a sudden they've gone down. Others are, have found their games and are coming back up. You know, um, and, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, and, I, and and so I'm speaking on the top of my head. It seems like you get more right now big saves out of Huso. You still don't get them out of Bennington. You still get goals from against Bennington, like the one last night that goes under his arm. That was a big save. If he makes that stop, you know, it, it changes the tra- trajectory of the game. He didn't make that. That was what he did in the cup season. He made stops that changed the trajectory yeah. of the game. Uh, and he's not doing that. I think Huso is making more of those stops uh, right now. You know, a lot of Huso's goals he's, he's helpless on because of the situation. So, you know, you're seeing progress on Bennington, but 
the saves he the one big save that he used to make he's not always um not always making now or not making as much and the uh, there was the uh the the goal against the islanders where he didn't hug the post and uh mm-hmm. gave 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 one up too so uh yeah Huso's really isn't giving up goals like that well big test coming up we talked about it earlier in the podcast the rangers are coming in and uh um and, and it, it blues a couple of couple of things going on. Uh, the good news, Marco Scandella might be able to uh, push for a spot in the in the mix, getting closer to full strength. Uh, boy, but Buchnevich really got trucked at the end of that game, and uh, by Austin Watson, who's you know it's a middle linebacker on skates, and and clocked him in the head. So not sure about Buchnevich. Uh, maybe uh, Scandella gets back in. Maybe the Chiefs shuffle some more pieces around. But going in against the Rangers, they're going to see Shesterkin because uh, Georgiev played against the uh, the Wild, and um, man, that's a that's a good looking team. I mean, Panarin and Strom and uh, Kreider and uh, Zabanejad and Adam Fox and uh, Jacob Truba. I mean, they just woo. I mean, this is um, if they're going to getting well, JT against that team coming in, especially coming off a loss, throwing their Vesna trophy guy out. Uh, we're we're going to get a good look at, uh, see if the blues, can, how quickly they can turn this thing around. And, and you know, uh, the thing that really impressed me about the Rangers uh, wasn't so much some of their dazzling high end talent. He, and, and, the, and the goalie was, was really uh, uh, his skill was uh, glaring as, as Dick Vermeil would say, but just their overall defense was to me was very impressive. Just, just the, their stick work and and uh, uh, you know how they how they uh, didn't leave much uh, much much space much the old time and space on, on the ice. I was just really impressed with their overall uh, defensive work. So uh, uh, you know the East. I think the East has more just high quality teams this year than the uh, and maybe the East is more top heavy. Maybe the bottom part of the East is is crummier than what we've got in the West, but. Uh, uh, yeah, there, there are some good teams in the East, and the Rangers are certainly one of them. You know, Jeff, you talked about Scandella getting back in. I I think Jake Wellman has played really well in this stretch of games here. I, he's put up consistently good numbers. Um, you know, I, I and he would be the, the obviously the logical guy to come out. I don't know that I'd want to take him out right now. I mean, I, I think he is the way he has played of late has been has been very good, and so. You know, I, you know, it'd be a, they're going to want to play Scandella if he's available, because in part to get him back playing in case they do need him because he's been out so long. But I think, I, I think Jake Waldman's playing very well. Yeah, JT, this is a guy that uh, for he could have just as well have been in the Barbados there for a couple months, um, as you know, just hanging around the team because he just just didn't have a hell of a lot to do with the the Blues. But you know, some of the things that he does the. One of the great skills you have to have in today's NHL is escapability. When you're retrieving the puck in your zone, you've got to be able to uh, to get it, uh, avoid the forecheck, and then as uh, as you guys always mention on the net front, you know, moving it up the ice is useful. And if nothing's there, then if you can skate it up, all the better. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, this is a guy. I'm sure other teams are looking at, you know, trying to figure out is this a guy the Blues would look to to move if they were trying to make a, a change, and uh, whether he's helping himself for his future here or making the himself more interesting to other teams uh, the Jake Wallman stock trading high right now. Yeah. And he's a guy, and maybe it's because he's, he's, uh, he, he's, he's playing. I mean, he, he's getting some, uh, uh, consistent, uh, 
playing time here, it seems like he's playing with more confidence. He, he didn't play like this before his first, what he, he, he played like first 14 games or 17 games, something like that. But in terms of moving the puck, looking for a shot, escape ability. Now I will say uh, <clears throat> he's pretty inaccurate with the shot. I think he's got to <laughs> learn to put that thing on the net because he's got a hard shot. He's got, he's got a good shot. But, uh, boy, is he inaccurate. The other thing I, I just want to throw in, totally unrelated about the defense, I mean, uh, could we could we have an electrical shock every time Mikola and Krug takes a silly penalty and just hit it and zap him so maybe we could condition him to, you know, maybe think twice. So they've a lot of silly penalties by those two ladies. Yeah, with uh, Ottawa scoring twice on the power play last night, and both goals were – or both were goals were off of – on power plays off of really not, – not bad penalties because the, the penalty on Perron's – wasn't a bad penalty because he had to do it because it was going to be a scoring game, but it was created by a dumb play by Perron making a pass that he, he did not execute very well. And that led to, it forced him to take a penalty. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, there are penalties are inevitable in the NHL, but if you can really minimize the ones you don't have to take, that would be a big, a, a good step. <laughs> All right. Last thing on the net front, just a sort of a trivia thing. I'll throw this to Tom. You mentioned, uh, JT mentioned Jake Wallman's inaccurate shot. Uh, so I'm going to say the most inaccurate shooter, the worst in terms of missing the net by, and I'm winning, consistently hitting a logo on the back end <laughs> boards that uh, well, well into the corner with his slap shot would have been Chris McAlpine. Um, that's my, okay. that's my winner from inaccurate shooting. But Tom, do you have, does one come to mind? Like, oh my God, this guy missed by a lot. Well, you know, Earlier in his career, Petrangelo missed a lot. He had he had always high, right? And, and he, you know, in his last few years with the Blues, he got much better at it. And that was, a, I think, a significant move. For, you know, he 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 used to be really bad. He used to have really low numbers, but he got better at it. So I think that's hope for Jake Wallman. That, uh, uh, but but among big names, I, I think you know that was someone whose whose accuracy. You know, Bowmeister, you know, kind of shot, but really wasn't, I think, trying to score. I mean, he was like, you know, it was make something happen off the end boards. Uh, so I don't know that it was Bo's accuracy as much as knowing I'm not beating a goalie with my shot. So I'll try to make something else happen with it. Well, if Walman my, my 55 mile an hour shot's not going to. Pareko was inaccurate uh, uh, early on. It seems like he's gotten better. Well, if uh, if McAlpine, uh, rather if uh, if Wallman <laughs> listens to the podcast, he'll have to look up Chris McAlpine uh, on uh, hockeyreference.com to remember who was this guy that he referenced. Well, during a dark days of the Blues, uh, McAlpine would let it fly and and uh, and not to great effect. So just for those old time listeners, uh, that's a bonus for you this week on the net front. <laughs> uh, for Jim Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the Net Front Presence. A reminder: you can check out all of our podcasts. All of our video work on stltoday.com. We sure appreciate your support. Uh, subscribe, or you can jump in on the live chats with JT and Tom and myself during the course of the rest of the way this season. So uh, please support local journalism. And until next time, for the guys, I'm Jeff. See ya.